0: Orthopedic robotics has changed knee surgery as we know it, but conventional robotic systems do not operate with a wide selection of implants, given they are usually limited to one manufacturer. That is why Think Surgical believes what has gone before is not what should go ahead. Think Surgical enables choice. They believe that implant choice in combination with state-of-the-art technology is fundamental for surgeons, hospital systems, and patients. Think Surgical's T-Mini miniature handheld wireless robotic system has unlocked the implant from the robot. Just think of the possibilities when implant decisions are made by you, not for you. Please visit ThinkSurgical.com, that is T-H-I-N-K, Surgical.com, to learn more about the democratization of Total Knee Robotics, led by Think Surgical. Okay, another great episode of the Ortho Show podcast. This is a special one. We're going to really do a deep dive here on robotics, which is one of the hottest topics in orthopedics. We're bringing on the CEO of uh, Think Surgical, Stuart Simpson, who is literally one of the OGs of robots in orthopedics. He's been around uh, since Stryker actually purchased Mako and it was a part of the entire evolution of robotics for Stryker and now has started his own company, uh, Think Surgical. We're also bringing on Alexander Saw, who's one of my favorite arthroplasty surgeons. He's incredibly innovative, always at the top, uh, trying to identify new concepts and ideas. He's been using this. He's gonna share his experience as well. Really a very informative episode. I know you're gonna like it. Dr. Sigmund, hashtag follow the fro.
1: From Medical Media, this is The Author Show.
0: Dr. Scott Sigmund, your favorite opioid sparing orthopedic surgeon, here for another episode of the Ortho Show podcast, where everyone knows we bring you the best of the best. We are so proud to have become the voice of orthopedics. We have a really special episode today. We're going to talk about one of the absolute hottest topics in orthopedics, and that is robotics. We have two amazing guests who are going to join us today. We're going to go back and forth on the technical as well as on the clinical sides. We have uh, Stuart Simpson who uh, is one of the titans of orthopedic industry. He's been involved in robotics and orthopedics. He's literally one of the pioneers of the commercialization of robotics and orthopedics and one of the most influential people in orthopedics and robotics. And he is the current CEO of Think Surgical. We have Dr. Alexander Saw who is one of my favorite arthroplasty surgeons, who's a former alumni of the ortho show. Uh, joint replacement specialist, private practice in Fremont, California. When I think of Alex Sa, I think of innovation in arthroplasty, a man that is constantly evolving and changing. He's a spirited leader in opioid-sparing orthopedic surgery. We share a passion as well as outpatient orthopedic surgery as well. So gentlemen, welcome to The Ortho Show. Thank you.
2: Thank you so much, Scott.
0: Uh, It's a pleasure. All right, so here's what we're going to do. Let's sort of go back and forth here a little bit, guys, to sort of explain, you know, where we are. So let's talk a little bit, Stuart, Let's start with you and talk a little bit about. It's a big topic, so you know you're going to have to bring it down for us. But sort of the evolution of robotics and orthopedics and where you got in, uh, and, and where we are today, as far as where we're going.
1: Well, it's a big question, and um, I'll try and limit the answer um, as best as possible. You know, this all started back in the late 80s with Dr. William Barger um, over in California. And he came up with a concept of uh, robotic hip replacement. He That led to a company called ISS and a product called RoboDoc, which the first human surgery, I think, was early 1990s. So that's how lot, far back we're talking here. So, So
0: can I just stop you for a second? Yeah. I was at the New England Baptist Hospital, with the robo okay. we would pull that thing in. It was the size of a Volkswagen <laughs> bug. And basically it reamed out the femoral canal so we didn't have to broach, yeah. and that was it. That's what it did. It was like, yeah. <laughs> you gotta be
1: kidding me. But go ahead, please. Amazing technology, um, probably ahead of its time. <clears throat> uh, but that's where it all started. And then uh, in the 90s, you had a couple of companies you had um, Acrobot with um, Justin Cobb in London, Imperial College, and you had micro dexterity down in the south of the US. We're getting into uh, robotic technology. And then, of course, MAKO came along in the early 2000s. And it's interesting, you know, Think can trace their history all the way back to what Dr. Barger, ISS, Think Surgical. And Stryker acquired MAKO, who had acquired... Uh, Acrobat, and they also acquired microdexterity. So, Stryker and Think are the two sort of deep players in orthopedic robotics, if you like.
0: So, that's a great history of the big box robots, right? And it sounded like Stryker had really cornered the market when they purchased Mako early on. Uh, That was just sort of the the name or the brand that we can all sort of grow up with or or recognized. And uh, obviously, uh, things have changed. And so, so tell us why? Why did you have a passion? So you were involved in in the purchase of Mako with Stryker. You were the president of Arthroplasty of Stryker at the time uh, as well. But why jump away and start a new robotics company? What was the passion and the rationale behind that?
1: Yeah. So the um, the thought process was that the um, Continued incremental changes to the implant itself wasn't going to significantly advance patient care. And that led Stryker to think about, okay, technology that could improve the surgery, which might significantly uh, advance patient care and outcomes um, following total knee replacement or total joint replacement. And that led us to look at technology um, landscape and that led us to MAKO and we decided, you know, While Zimmer were um, eyeing up Biomet, and while uh, Depew were creating a whole big new global knee system, we thought, you know, we're going to do something different. We're going to take out Mako, and we're going to create the robotics um, uh, movement in in orthopedics. And, you know, uh, I put my career and reputation very much on the line for that deal, and it wasn't always easy. But eventually we figured it out, and it was a great move for Striker. All right,
0: so let's talk about let's talk about Think Surgical. Why was there what what was the need? What was the why as to why Think Surgical uh, should be developed? What's so unique about it?
1: <clears throat> yeah, I mean, when I um, after leaving Stryker, I was approached by Think Surgical to take on this position, and. To be honest, knowing what I knew about the company uh, then, which was the big old um, Volkswagen or Beetle that you talked about, <clears throat> I politely declined. But when they told me that um, they had something very special that they wanted to show me, uh, under and under a non disclosure, they disclosed their um, innovation in handheld robotic technology. That's when the light bulb went off for me. I was uh, it really um, grabbed my attention. I thought one of the things that is preventing Mako and other big box robots from being more widely used is just they're so difficult and complex and they take up a lot of room in the OR and they're very disruptive so a handheld format made a ton of sense and I couldn't really conceive of it until I saw it as soon as I put my hands on it the light bulb went off and secondly now that everybody's got a robot all the big companies got a robot um, the the closed business model where it's one robot only supporting one implant doesn't work anymore. The customer wants a platform that will support any implant. And that's what Think are all about. So for those two reasons, I thought, you know what, this is a logical next step forward in uh, robotics and orthopedics. And I was very excited to take this position.
0: Yeah. So for our listeners, again, and especially for the non-orthopedists that are out there, but the robots were always attached to the same branded implant. Like you could only use a Stryker implant with the Stryker Mako robot. So there was no flexibility for the surgeon if there was a situation in which you wanted to use a different implant. So Alex, so let's talk robotics, right? It's been such a hot topic in orthopedics. And there's so much conversation about it. You are an innovative orthopedic surgeon that works in the land of arthroplasty, but yet, you know, you didn't jump into robotics, you know, both feet in uh, early on in the process. So tell us why and where you are now as to your thought process on robotics and orthopedics.
2: You're right. I was hesitant to bring on robotics immediately. MAKO developed here in our in the Bay Area. So Silicon Valley, we're in the heart of technology. So MAKO came to us in their very early stages. And they showed us their platform and they gave us their pitch. And early on, as many joint surgeons know, their pitch was sort of bring it in your practice and it will bring in patients. Whether the technology actually does anything better for the patient, as Stuart had mentioned, was somewhat more controversial and not been studied. And so early on, I wanted to see Really, was this technology going to achieve the goal that we all want, which Stuart said is it going to make it something better for our patients, give them a better result or give them a better outcome? And then with time, you saw that robotics wasn't going to go away. It was becoming more prevalent. More and more people are adopting it. But like you, Scott, you're very interested in being cutting edge. You like to bring the newest technologies and techniques to your patients for better care. But at the same time, you don't want to do it just for the sake of doing it, right? You're going to do things that are actually going to have... Impacts on patients' outcome, and then it it eventually developed that these robotic systems may have some of that opportunity. It's interesting to see that I think the initial thoughts of the benefits of robotics have changed greatly. Initially, was accuracy of the cuts or being very precise and where the burr or the saw blade would work, but now I think it's focused more on soft tissue balancing and the overall alignment of the limb and other things. So it's amazing how just over time, even what the purpose of robotics is meant to be, has evolved over time.
0: Yeah, again, so for our listeners, right, the whole idea is if you're thinking there's this cool new technology, right, and robots, like it's going to really make the outcomes that much better for me as a patient, right? But we're still sort of, you know, sort of waiting for that. I mean, I know that the data is coming and there's definitely a sense that, you know, robotics do help in the process and eliminate outliers and all of those things as well. Now, you're an outpatient arthroplasty surgeon since 2014. I mean, one of the earliest adopters of that. And I see, you know, an ASC, and I think of these big robots moving around inside of, a, of an outpatient center being sort of complex. Did, did the idea of a handheld robot within your ASC and outpatient center, that make sense to you?
2: Absolutely, 100%. When you think about the major limitations of prior robotic technologies, it really was footprint It was cost it was as you said limitation to using only one implant when you talk to patients about robotic technology and you explain to them that you have to use the implant that that robotic technology sells they suddenly realize okay maybe i don't need robots because they don't necessarily want the same joint that everyone else is going to have the same implant everyone else is going to have they want to have some individualization as well so to have a platform where you can use the implant that you want to use as a surgeon Opens up many opportunities, and of course, in the ASC, to have something which is smaller footprint and easier to use makes absolute sense.
0: So, so Stewart, let's go back here. Why did why was it so important for you that the Think handheld robot, the 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 T Mini, would has to be agnostic to the implants? Alex brought it up a little bit, but tell me what you think the true breakaway is, and what's going to be you know really changing the market with your device compared to the big box robots.
1: Look for all of the buzz around robots. Starting, I would say, back in two thousand and sixteen, when we at Stryker launched the uh, Mako TOTONI, that was a kind of killer app, the breakout moment for um, robotics and in um, orthopedics. The 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 buzz, the the attention, the excitement, the uh, just the conversation has accelerated. Uh, but so you would think it was game over. But the reality is the market is about 15% penetrated. In other words, about 85% of the market is still not using robotic technology. And there's a couple of reasons for that, um, Dr. Sigmund, and it's very important that we talk about them. One is the uh, acquisition model. If you can only use Stryker's implant with Stryker's robot, you might like Stryker's robot, but really not like their implant. Or it might not be the best implant for the particular patient you want to treat. Or you might like the Depew implant, but not like the Depew robot, right? But you have to, you can't choose either of them independently. Think is the only company that allows you to master a robotic technology that you can use any implant that you want that's available in our platform. We have four partners at the moment. We'll probably have about 10 by the end of the first quarter. So you can pretty much choose from any implant philosophy you want. That's number one. Number two is um, the big big robots are just difficult to use. Innovators, early adopters, people that wanna be at the forefront of technology, they don't mind having to completely disrupt their operating room workflow to do something new, cool and different. But the majority of surgeons like to control the environment in the operating room. They want to stay the same as they've always been. They want to standardize workflow and Team mini as a handheld just slots exactly into their existing work- workflow. It is going to expand the market without a doubt.
0: It is super cool. We're going to show some video uh, as we as we go through uh, for for our listeners as well as for the people that view us on YouTube. But I think one of the other important things I just want to emphasize again to our listeners: when you say partner with, what you're me, what you mean is ten manufacturers of different total knee replacements will be able to use this robot, or the surgeons that use ten different types of ro- orthopedic implants can use your robot. I think that's really very good, very cool. But it's also you've. You're sort of divorcing yourself from the technology of the implant yeah. and focusing on the technology of the robot. So talk about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're a, tech, we're a robot company. We're not an implant company. The other big companies are implant companies and they use robots to sell more of their own implants. We um, are focused and dedicated. In fact, our success of fail um, measurement is delivering a great robotic platform, a great robotic technology and a great robotic program and um, we're agnostic to the choice of implant in fact o- offering as many choices um, of implants on our platform as possible is a big part of our um, value proposition to the customer and we think it is much more customer centric than what the big orthopedic companies are offering today
0: so Alex you know we joke around in my practice you know I have a uh an AUKUS partner who does the majority of the total knees, but he still lets me do about a hundred sports medicine total knee replacements. You know, we (laughs) joke around about that. And I, and I look, I look at the T-mini and I'm like, God, even an orthopedic surgeon can use this thing. I'm like, you're moving your hand around. It's got a gyroscope and you try to put it in the wrong place and it just physically won't let you. Uh, I think it's really, really so awesome. So give us your early user experience as a clinician that's now using this robot.
2: You're absolutely right, Scott. Your first impressions are, are right on in that this technology is so intuitive. Just how you use it when you show the videos to see something in your hand only is fantastic. Just the freedom to do the surgery with tools that surgeons are familiar with. But in the fact, in the way that it works, only if you're in the right position, in the right plane, in the right place, it's guiding you where what you based on your CT plan from, from prior to surgery. So it's so intuitive that really anyone, whether they're a surgeon or not a surgeon, can use it. I make the analogy uh, to VR for my sons who are using VR and gaming and things like that. These virtual world technologies, you get a sense of proprioception and where you're hand- handling these instruments. The Think Surgical handheld robot is the same and that it's so intuitive when you use it that there's really almost no learning curve. And that sort of leads to what you were discussing before with Stuart in terms of disruptive technology, Scott. When I think about robots and I think about Think Surgical I almost think that the wrong robots came out first. Think surgical really would have been better if it was the first technology come out. Why? Because it's not as disruptive. If you think about people adopting the first robotic technologies, they had to change their entire method of doing surgery, right. Their techniques, their protocols, their concepts of how they thought about doing, doing surgery. It was so dependent on the way the robot worked and changing from what they what they learned. Think Surgical is so intuitive, and it does not disrupt traditional workflows that any surgeon who's gone through training can easily adopt it into their normal workflows, and it's very familiar to them. So in a sense, I really wish Think Surgical was the first robot to come out so it wasn't so disruptive in a negative way to the orthopedic community.
0: So that's a great segue, because what I want to talk about next was the actual practicality of using a robot in the operating room, right? When you first bring in one of these big robots, that's never been to your hospital, your ASC before, the staff is just shaking in their boots. What is this thing? How are we gonna be able to use it? So tell us about the practical experience of your staff because I know you're efficient, Alex, you're doing a lot of cases. You still wanna get to the golf course by five o'clock if you can. So tell us about the staff's experience with the robot.
2: You're absolutely right. It's not just about the surgeon. It's about your support team. And if they don't like the technologies, you're not going to be able to use it. We have other two other robotic systems in our hospital and they can be a challenge because it's a lot more work, a lot more prep time. It slows down the cases. It takes longer to do. So that really is a challenge with the handheld robotic technology. Our team jokingly calls this the naked robot. You don't have to drape it. It's very simple. It's sterile. So you have it in your hand and you can use it. So it makes things much simpler for the support team. Very quick setup. And in terms of the use of it, you'll probably see in the video, Scott, that the camera is overhead. So because the line of sight is so good, it's unique with this technology. It's not going to be disrupted with the assistant or the techs or other people in the room. So it makes literally the workflow very similar to our traditional workflow. So the learning curve was maybe a handful of minutes for the first case and then basically time neutral in in a matter of two or three cases. So that's, it's really amazing to see how quickly you can adopt it into an efficient program.
0: Yeah, no, that's fantastic. So just, you know, again, it's CT scan based, right? So just so our patients that are listening, a CT scan has to be obtained in advance so that the robot and the computer will be able to identify things, right? Then you have to put a couple pins in uh, for the femur and then into the tibia. And then you help the robot see everything by finding its space or its place. Uh, and then from there, you have a little thing over top of your head and you go to town and you start working and doing your case. Does that sound about right?
2: Pretty close. I mean, basically, you're, you know, for patients, you can tell them you're, you're planning their surgery virtually with their, cath- their, their CAT scan, their CT scan ahead of time. And then this robotic technology is letting you execute that plan in the operating room exactly how you planned it previously.
0: I love it. You know, you were talking about virtual reality. We're going to give a, a shout out to Danny Goyle uh, for Precision OS. You know, Stuart, you really ought to think about putting together a module for Precision OS uh, so that those residents and students and everybody starts getting used to the idea and the concept of your robot. I think that would be a, a really cool indication. So, Stuart, so again, for our listeners, I want I want our listeners to know why think surgical and T-Mini is unique. Give us the exact things that are happening with this process that make it unique on the market.
1: Yeah, I mean, so I think of T-Mini as genius, or I think of the uh, engineer, Joel Zuhars, who designed the concept for T-Mini as a genius. Um, He thought about what it is a surgeons trying to achieve in the operating room for a total knee replacement, rather than starting with a what does a robot need to look like? It has to have a big box, a big arm, blah, blah, blah. And um, you know, I I, I agree with what um, Dr. Sa said. It's 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 a shame that T-Mini didn't come first. I think the adoption of robotics and arthroplastic would have gone much faster if that had been the case. But you know, the good news is we're here now. And um It really is all about, it's very easy to use, and it gives you the freedom to choose whichever implant you think is right for each individual patient. That's it in a nutshell, Dr. Sigmund.
0: Yeah, fantastic. So it's a handheld wireless robot that's easy to use. Even your average orthopedic surgeon can figure it out. Thank you. It's implant agnostic, so that you can use the implant of your choice. You're not beholden to the manufacturer of the robot as well. And you guys are technology driven on the robot and not so worried about the development of the implants. You're really focusing on what you do best. I think that's a really a great summary. Well, I
1: I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, And there is one additional benefit uh, that comes from that clarity. We spend all of our time and resources on um, developing and innovating the technology. Our partners spend all of their uh, energy and time and resources innovating on the implants. That gives our customers the best of both worlds. The big companies can't really balance how to continue innovating on implants and robots at the same time. So um, we would say there's some compromises there and that working with Think and our implant partners, the customer gets the best of both worlds.
0: Technology is well overdue in the operating room. Uh We have been antiquated while the rest of society has been doing amazing things with their smartphones. We've been sort of still plugging things in with wires. So it's great (laughs) to see. So that's great, Stuart, for for your really outstanding explanation as to why your, your, your your consumer, which is the orthopedic surgeon, wants to choose your product. Now, Alex, why does a patient want you to use this product give us give us a summary as to how it helps you as an orthopedic surgeon to be able to help your patients
2: patients still want to have you know robotic technology so they're interested in it they will certainly ask about it they may know nothing about it many patients probably think a robotic surgery means that it's an autonomous robot doing their surgery they don't really understand that their tools and the surgeons are still performing the surgery so we have to explain to patients what technology means in orthopedics as of today but Patients are intrigued by the precision and the accuracy and the reproducibility of robotic technology. But as I mentioned before, at the same time, they want personalization and they know that they want the implant that's gonna work for them. In the end, they wanna have the right implant for them that's gonna last the next 20, 30 years. They care only secondarily about the 30, 40 minutes it takes to put in the implant and whether a robot or not is used. So to have the ability to have a very precise and accurate robot and a surgeon chose an implant for that specific patient. That's what's making patients gravitate towards this think surgical option.
0: Well said. So, Stuart, we're coming to a close here. But, you know, you have FDA approval at this point. So you are commercialized and people are using this. So throw, so throw out some shout outs to some orthopedic surgeons out there across the country that are using your uh, robot at this point. And just so our patients may be able to search them out if they're looking.
1: Okay, uh, Dr. James Womack. Um, obviously, Dr. Alex Sa, Dr. Uh, Yair Kissing at Hask- Hackensack University Medical Center in New Jersey, and to Dr. Eitan Debbie at HSS. Um, these are the, the the doctors that have helped us develop this technology, and there there are a number of others. One of your friends down in Alabama, um, Matt Barber, is also um, using the technology.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. Look, uh, gentlemen, what, what a great uh, educational opportunity here for surgeons that are listening, as well as patients that are out there that are trying to understand what's what's the basis of this robotic technology? How is it helping us? I think that your passion for technology, uh, combined with some great th- uh, clinical thought leaders, such as Dr. Sa, uh, we're excited to see where this takes us. But we really, we thank both of you for uh, this opportunity to be able to share your thoughts about robotics and things surgical
2: thank you thank you so much Doctor.
0: this is dr scott sigman hashtag follow the fro host of the ortho show until next time